Hi everyone, it's Dan Duva, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. This is a postseason edition of SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. The Stanley Cup playoffs have arrived, and the Golden Knights are pitted against the San Jose Sharks in round one. We have a breakdown of the series, strengths and weaknesses of each club, key matchups, and possible lineup arrangements. We also examine each of the eight opening round series around the NHL. Then we name our favorites for each of the big NHL awards. As always, we answer your Twitter questions in the mailbag. Plus, Derek Stevens stops by to offer his take on the postseason and downtown watch party info. It's SLGND, postseason edition. The Sheriff, Lawless, and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave! Thank you so much, Dan. That's top notch, as always. I am Some Guy Named Dave. Dave Gosher, along with Shane Nighty, Gary Lawless, Dan Duba, the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast, hashtag SLG, and D, coming here from the great Andiamo restaurant, table for four, corner booth here at the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. Playoff edition of the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. And um, can't get started quick enough. As we sit here, it's Monday mid-afternoon, but by Wednesday night, the Golden Knights will be beginning the Stanley Cup playoffs in their first-round series against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Shane, I kind of joked around. We did a little post-game hit on the uh, TV sets after our game against L.A. the other night. Best two months in sports, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you said there's not a lot of things that would drag you out of that booth Outside of the money, you know, yeah. you'd be a, you'd make a cool well, two million a year. Playoffs, so you gotta no, that. I know, but you'd, you'd pull in a cool two million a year oh, yeah. for for these days. But um, playoffs, the intensity of it, and oh. for the Golden Knights, it all starts on Wednesday night against the Sharks. It is. First off, I don't know if people call it TV sets anymore. Uh, <laughs> but that said, yeah, that said, uh, it, it really it, it really is, and, and it's you play such a. A long, hard grind of a season, 82 games, and you get to it, and uh, you know it's here you go. It, it's it's magnifies. It's kind of like preseason. You just can't wait to get to the regular season. Well, then it's a long regular season. Now playoff. This is what it's all about. Every team's goal is to get to playoffs, and it's hard. It's not easy. You get to it, and now it, it's like you're refreshed. Even if you have some injury, you're ready. You just go. This is the time. It's all hockey, all the time. Your focus. Uh, the energy, the intensity, the atmospheres in every arena, the fans are more into it. Every just how much every play, every shift means, and uh, this is this is why these guys play the game is to get to this point to have the opportunity to play for the Stanley Cup. So, as a former player, won a Stanley Cup, where on other teams that made deep runs, is that the big? What changes Wednesday compared to a random game? In the middle of February, is the intensity of it, the focus on every play? Yeah, it's all all of the above, okay. right? It's it's not just a regular game day anymore. This is a playoff game day, and everything just ramps up so much. Uh, the excitement, uh, you know, there, there's there's some down days during a long season. It's a, days you're like, ah, all right, I got to fire up the legs, get the mind working right. Playoffs, there's no need at all for that. You're doing whatever it takes to be in each and every game, to be in each and every situation, uh, because you've made it. Uh, you're you're one of those teams that has a chance to raise that trophy at the end. Regular season law, man. So these teams, Golden Knights and Sharks, 
Regular season of playoffs have met 14 times over the last two years. So Gerard Gallant did his media availability this morning and it basically said there's no secrets between these teams, especially in this day and age of video and pre-scouts and you know you could watch every game every night if you felt like it. Um, as you size up this series, you know the Golden Knights kind of they kind of scuffled a little bit down the stretch, right? They lost seven of eight. A lot of that was with Mark Andre Fleury on the sidelines. He plays the last two games of the regular year. Can they? A two-part question: Does any of that matter? And can they get back to their form? That they were in before this little scuffle towards the end of the regular season. Well, March was their worst year, the, the worst month of the year last year as well, last season. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't the worst of months this year, but they scuffled down the stretch last year. Remember, Riley Smith was injured, and uh, um, once they had a playoff spot secured, that that you know, Shane can speak to this much better than me. Uh, you can't play hockey without without being on that razor's edge of emotion. You need to to be completely dialed in to to play your best and we we just haven't seen that i go to two games they're both against san jose they're both back-to-back situations uh malcolm suban actually played in both those games the sharks didn't have so vegas didn't have flurry they didn't have stastny for one of them the sharks didn't have eric carlson and pavelski so you know what i mean i I, but those games were played with emotion and Vegas got three points out of those games, and San Jose got two. Uh, I look at those two games as sort of the true indicator about what we're about to watch, and it is uh, 51-49 one way or another. This is going to be a split decision. It's going to be a great series, uh, a ton of emotion. And for me, for Vegas, it's really simple. They have to be themselves. They they have to play. It's, It's... it's just been so kind of uncanny to watch them play the last two years. When they play the way they're supposed to play and the way they know they're supposed to play, they're one of the best teams in hockey. They just they vary from that just a little bit, and it really they really it's a, remarkable how quickly it falls off for them. So to me, uh, it might be boring, but get it deep, get it b- behind San Jose's goal line, and play as much of the game. Down there, it's about their forecheck for me. What worries you about San Jose? They can pull the trigger. They got a bunch of guys that can score, and if they get, uh, if you, if you, just, if Vegas decides to get cute at the offensive blue line and starts turning it over, they've got they've got lightning quick transition. And if they they have guys that if they're put in position, Mark Andre Fleury can be his very best. If you're letting Pavelski and Couture and Kane and Meyer and Hurdle, all these guys have have really good looks. They're going to score goals. Seems the issue with the Sharks, though, Shane. I mean, we we documented it. It's been well documented. Their goaltending dead last in the league in save percentage. But more than that, how they defend is that something the Golden Knights can go after? That's the their biggest hole for the San Jose Sharks. And, and Gary's right. They, they've got a lot of personnel up front that can hurt you offensively. Uh, for me, the Golden Knights, and yes, their forechecks key, but you can't get to it unless you defend. So this is the big key is about the Golden Knights defending well as a unit of five against the Sharks. Clean, quick, efficient breakouts. Play with the puck. You're gonna get your chances against the Sharks. It's what you limit them to. Uh, Martin Jones, uh, they've not had a great year, and it's not all on him. It's the Defensively, they've got a they've got a lot of areas in which they haven't been very good. The San Jose Sharks, and you know, you, they say Eric Carlson back, Brent Burns, two dynamic offensive players, but defensively, yeah, 
they they can be taken advantage of. They really can, and, and you've got to get pressure on them. But for me, it starts in your own end. They've got to make sure they take care of that. There'll be chances. And the biggest factor, who they didn't have the last two times they played them, and, and to me is the most important position, certainly in playoffs. You could say most important all year, but I would say it's the most important position in hockey in playoffs is your goaltender. And Marc-Andre Fleury playing like Marc-Andre Fleury this time of year will be the key. Looking to go to the cup final for the fourth year in a row, sixth time in his career. Dan, we were we were all kind of looking at City National today at practice. Your game one lineup looks like what? You know, there's some decisions to be made there for Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff. Yeah, I, I think the first two lines are fairly obvious. <laughs> so, gonna, so they'll keep them together. Marcia yeah. okay. and Carlson right. together, plus Riley Smith. Good point by Dan. Yeah, no, I'm glad I came up with that just in time. <laughs> what about the second line? Yeah, that, that could be interesting. No, Pacioretty, <laughs> Stastny, and Stone, obviously. Uh, so, I mean, those guys... And then what's also interesting is and then that, the pairs, right? Yeah, exactly. And then and, and we were also watching the power play and and which pieces you want on the power play and how that dictates who's in your lineup and then who is on which line. So you're looking at the third line. Cody Eakin's going to center the third line. Alex Tuck is going to be on the right side. Okay, who plays third line left wing? Is it Brandon Peary? Is it Ryan Carpenter? Is it Tomas Nosek? Um, you know, look at the fourth line. Pierre Edouard Belmar is going to be the center. Um, Ryan Reeves almost assuredly will play on the right wing. But who's the left wing? Is it Will Carrier? Maybe Ryan Carpenter ends up yeah. on the fourth line playing left wing. So watching the forwards today, and, and Gerard Gallant did say in his media availability that they're still tinkering. He is not 100% yeah. set on what he expects in the lineup for the first game of the series. But my thought, Dave, when we were chatting about this, you know, Will Carrier, as much as he brings to the lineup, is it a lot of the same qualities that Ryan Reeves brings versus Ryan Carpenter, who's got more, you know, he's older, he's got a little bit more experience. He also plays the penalty kill, which Will Carrier does not. Is that fourth line stronger, more well-rounded if Carpenter is there with Belmar and Reeves? And unfortunately, that could leave Will Carrier on the outside looking in. And that's if you don't want Ryan Carpenter on your third line. Um, Brandon Peary has been that guy. Scored a goal in the last game of the season against the Kings because you want Brandon Peary in the lineup because of what he can do on the power play. We watched the power play groups operating. Brandon Peary was working with one of the power play groups. So that leads you to believe the coaches are thinking they want Peary in the lineup. So, I mean, Peary's not going to play on the fourth line. He's going to have to play on the third line. So, like, does Gerard Gallant take Brian Carpenter out of the lineup? So it kind of comes down to me to... You know, fourth line yeah. left wing, it's going to be carrying. Well, you have Nosek, too. And don't, right. And yeah, who's penalty kill a lot of times first over the bench You're or right. over the boards with uh, Belmar. So. Absolutely right. And and don't forget, like Nosek, we had talked about his postseason pedigree, minor league championship with Grand Rapids. Last year, Four. first game of the Stanley Cup final, scores two goals. You know, so there's, there's, you're absolutely right. There's a lot to consider there, too. Don't you want Kerry on the ice against uh, Burns and Carlson on the four check? I don't know. I, I, you know, he, he missed so much time when he was rolling at his best this year. Absolutely. Um, but I think Dad made a good point. You know, him and Ryan Reeves. Do you want that? That kind of takes off some of uh, you know more maneuver uh, the maneuvers you can have, or more pieces when you put a Carpenter or Nosek in there that you can play more because you can utilize them on the penalty kill. Um, yeah, sure. I'd love to see Carey run over those D-men and, and force them back for the pucks that are looking over their shoulder. But is that going to take away from the overall game those maybe two or three shifts he has against them? 
And it seems too like it does seem it's like a little it's a bit more functional as a lineup. Piri on the power play, his ability to score, Carpenter to kill penalties or no sick. Right. And even Carrier hasn't been as effective, you know, since he you know, he missed he played every game the first yeah. forty four, got hurt, came back, played five, got hurt again. Um and that doesn't mean you know we've seen this. I mean, you could but he could go in and I'd be well, fine yeah, with it. That's the thing. They yeah. could line this up anyway, and right. I could go, okay, I see it. Like, or if he doesn't, and, and whatever you have for game one might not be what you have for that game two. That was going to be my point. Or if he doesn't four. start the series, yeah. and let me it, it let me change quick. Let me put it to you this way, guys. You know, like last year, the game where they scored seven goals against the Sharks, they scored four of those goals in the first period. Last year's team did so much early in games. They generated energy and they didn't give it up. And so much of that can come from a fourth line. If Carrier and Reeves are out there and they're yep. throwing bodies, that garners you early momentum. So there's the argument for Carrier. But then if it's a late, uh, I should say if it's a low-scoring, tight game late, you're not putting Carrier on the ice in the third period, whereas you would put Ryan Carpenter on the ice late in games in certain situations if you need it. So it's kind of, do you think it's going to be decided early, or are you expecting it's going to be a one-goal lead late in the game? So I, I, those are arguments either way, I suppose, just to add to the discussion. So we've kind of broke down what we think needs to happen for the Golden Knights to win, and Shane kind of went through it. Let's flip it the other way. If San Jose is going to win, what are they going to need to do? What what's a, what are the areas they're going to need to excel at if they're going to knock off? I think they need to score a bunch yeah. of goals. They need they to need really. To yeah. They need to put up a ton of offense and and you know win games five four and four three. I, I agree. They do, they've got to generate chance uh, offense and, and they will. They, uh, they often do it at the expense of defense. So that's uh, we'll see if that wins in the end. Well, the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Day podcast coming to you from the D Hotel, the great downtown hotel and the official downtown hotel, the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to take a look here at each playoff series, kind of give a quick synopsis. All right, before that, we have a little housekeeping to, uh, to kind of tend to here. So our last podcast, <laughs> which we were in Colorado, right, near the end of the regular season, we did an off-day podcast, and we gave away a signed Marc-Andre Fleury jersey Anyone that, and we're going to encourage you, rate, review, and subscribe. Go on the iTunes, send us a review. Hopefully it's good, but if you don't like us, that's fine, too. It's a, it's a free world. It's never happened before. But, yeah, we've never heard that before. But the winner of the Marc-Andre Fleury signed jersey, we haven't been able to get a hold of this person. On the Twitters, he's ZachAttack74. So he's the winner of the Marc-Andre Fleury jersey. But... I don't know if he knows that. Actually, I know he doesn't know that. He hasn't answered. We haven't been able to get a hold of this fella. Here's the deal. Zach Attack 74. We know you listen. We know you listen because you won the jersey. Send us an email. Here's the email account. slgndpodcast at gmail.com. slgndpodcast at gmail.com. Zach Attack 74. There's a signed Marc-Andre Fleury jersey waiting for you. But we have to be able to get a hold of you and... um, and send it to you. Here, here was his review, guys. And, uh, this is incredible. We don't get many good ones. These guys have great chemistry. Uh, chemistry. Chemistry. And, or, or chemistry. <laughs> Allegedly is Allegedly chemistry. Word. And they really give uh, strong, in-depth analysis every couple of weeks on the Golden Knights. And if you're looking for a VGK podcast to get info, this is the one to subscribe to. 
Have I only been a fan of the NHL since the Golden Knights became a team? These guys have really helped me understand the game better and brought some facts about the team and the players to light that I otherwise would not have thought of. Great podcast, Golden Knights. Oh, Zach Attack. Zach Attack. I'm a very fan. kind of you. Very misguided in your in your <laughs> praise. But anyway, they got you a Mark andre Fleury jersey. But anyway, send us an email to slgndpodcast at gmail.com. And Dan will make sure you get the jersey. Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) It is free time. (laughs) Track me down. Yeah, sure. It's like I'm walking around with it. All right. So we're going to take a look at these playoff formats here. Brought to you by Finley Automotive Group, our great friends at Finley Auto, uh, Jaguar, Acura, Chevy, and Lincoln. So let's start in the West. We kind of broke down the Golden Knights and the Sharks. Calgary Flames, number one seed in the West. Take on the Colorado Avalanche first round. Shane, what do you see? How do you break it down? Who wins and why? Calgary. I, you know, you always look for the upsets, and you never know. And I, I think it's always tight each and every year. But I, I just think the Flames uh, be too much for the Avalanche. Avalanche had a great run to make it in, uh, but they're this this Flames team. Uh, they can score. They've gotten goaltending from t- both their goaltenders here when they've needed it. Uh, so if one isn't, they don't hesitate to put the other in. Uh, they've got a lot of power up front. Uh, you know, they got their captain, Mike um, Mark Giordano, a great season. They're strong defensively. Uh, this is a very, very good Calgary Flame team. Colorado seems to me the biggest issue, which was their issue last year, is depth. Depth. Yeah. One line team. They don't have the depth that the, yep. the Flames do, and I just, uh, uh, you know, they may pick up a game, but I think this could be a quick series. Flames have been able to outscore a lot of their issues in net this yeah. year, be it Riddick or or Smith. All right, continuing in the West, Dan Nashville, Dallas. Oof. So that's you know Nashville wins the Central in what was a heck of a race, right? Right down to the final day of the season, yeah. Nashville, Winnipeg, and, and St. Louis. How do you size up Nashville-Dallas? Well, first off, you think about how close Nashville was to losing that division. I mean, there was a point in time on Saturday where St. Louis was in first place. Now, Nashville manages to pull off the victory. They get the division, so they escape having to play the Blues or the Jets, and so they get the wildcard team. But then you see the Dallas Stars, who would have been fourth in the division, and assuming their goaltending is healthy, assuming Ben Bishop is okay, which always seems to be a question. Remember, he brought the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Stanley Cup final not too long ago, a big six foot seven Ben Bishop. They've got, you know, team save percentage. Um, but the problem is Dallas Stars don't score. You know, it's a Nashville Predators power play that's last in the league. And the Dallas offense is near the bottom of the league. Yet they have found ways to win despite those shortcomings. So you look at the deficiencies with those clubs, which one breaks out of it? Does Dallas find a way to score some goals against Nashville? Or does Nashville's power play kick it in gear? And could those be the two factors that decide that series? It looks like Dallas will have Matt Zuccarello back, right? He injured in his first game as a member of the Stars. Um, yeah, we thought that was a big pickup at the time. Huge. And there is a big addition to that Dallas offense that has been bad. Predators are a hard team to figure. You know, last year they win the President's Trophy. They get knocked out in the second round. They've been a favorite the seven. last two right. seasons. This year, not so much. Yeah. So maybe it's kind of like the Capitals. Yeah. A little rope-a-dope, right? You, yeah, you, that's right. You dominate for years, and then the one year nobody picks you, you, you come alive. Yeah, and you wonder, you know, they, I, we kind of talked about this, I think, previously. The, the two games they played in Vegas this year, the Golden Knights dominated them, both yeah. games. UC Soros stole one, and then the Golden Knights beat them, I think, 5-1 on the other right. one. but. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, added Brian Boyle. Like, yeah, they didn't make a huge splash. Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's not like Mark Stone, 
You know, right. so I I don't know. It, it, it I think you're right that you think about those those players who have been there. They got to the Cup final not too long ago, and it's not going to be easy to get through the first round. Whoever they play in the second round, if they get that far, I mean, there is no easy path for any of these teams. Final series in the West, Gary. Heck of a series. Should be. St. Louis, Winnipeg. Talk about a team that scuffled down the stretch. Winnipeg Jets really couldn't get their act together. They led the division for a good chunk of the year, but they are the you know the home team against St. Louis in the first round. Yeah, I would have rather played Dallas than St. Louis in the first round yeah. if I was the Winnipeg Jets. I think they let that slip away. St. Louis is, you know, among the, the They're the best team in the central in the new year. And among the best teams in the league in yeah, the second yeah. half of the season, really, you know, they really poured it on. They've got their their goaltending is has been outstanding. Now playoff hockey is a different animal altogether, but I kinda think they're built for the playoffs, that that team. They're veteran, they're 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 heavy, they do I, I like a lot about the blues. I think the blues win this series. You know, Dustin Bufflin broke his stick on the boards uh the other night when uh he sat on the bench for the whole power play. Jacob Truba stayed it for the whole two minutes. Uh, Bufflin broke his stick right on the bench. The end of the night they had a thirty minute uh closed door meeting and um, I just don't. I don't think they have the right, the right mix of of athletes on that team, and it's uh, uh, Buffalo. It can be a difference maker. Now, Josh Morrissey, to me, is not their best defenseman. He's their best player, in my opinion. Many will disagree with that. They'll point to Wheeler or Shifley. He he he's coming back, and he gets the puck out of the zone. Very well. well we he's saw a, he's, he's, a, he's the Nate Schmidt of their team, and exactly. Nate Schmidt yep. twenty games without him this season. Yeah, so he may change everything. Having him back may change everything for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I might might take him a little bit to ramp up. I like. <laughs> he doesn't have very long. Yeah, he doesn't. No, <laughs> I like St. Louis in six. All right, let's touch on the East, Shane. Uh, Tampa Bay's been just. I mean, they tied the league. Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. <laughs> Tampa wins over Columbus. <laughs> Um, Columbus, heck of a fight to get in after all yeah. those trades they made. And hey, they've got a lot of talent for a team yeah. sitting in that position, but I just think the Tampa Bay Lightning are too strong. 62 wins, tying the league record for wins set by Detroit back in uh, the mid 90s. So, Tampa. Um, Boston, Toronto for the second year in a row. Bruins won it last year in seven. They had a 3 to 1 lead in the series, ended up getting forced to game seven. How do you size up the Bolts, uh, rather the Leafs and the Bees this year? Then? Well, you guys are the Bruins experts, right? And it seems to me that I mean, Boston has, you know, if not for the mammoth Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, the Bruins yeah, you know, would have won any other division in hockey this year, right? And while Toronto had that terrific start, isn't it interesting that once the Nylander situation was resolved, they seemed not as dominant? You know, is there enough room at the table for all of those wonderful, talented young players not to say that they aren't still a very, very good team, uh, but uh, you know, to me, I, I see, I see Boston in that series. But you guys are the Boston. Oh, well, ask Gary, what's the pressure like on Mike Babcock? Mm. Oh, the pressure is enormous in Toronto right now, and I'm, I'm with Dan. I think Boston wins that series, and uh, you know, in Toronto, like right now, <laughs> there every article is about right now is that Babcock and and Dubas are having a fight. They're they're <laughs> they're at odds, and why did they let Curtis McElhaney go? Uh, to for to keep like for Garrett Sparks like Freddie Anderson's 
probably going to be a, a Vezina candidate. Well, he's like they, a big they, guy. They, they were they're terrible defensively, yeah. and right. he like he really makes them much better, a ton. much better than they are, and he plays a ton. You're exactly right. So. Uh, I like Boston as well. I don't think they can defend well enough, flat out. You know, no. especially you know, I like the move the Bruins made with Coyle and, and Johansson at the deadline to add. They needed help up front. They were able to get it. They have two goaltenders that have been really good for them all yeah. year, and Halak and and Rask. So yeah, I think the Bruins um, have the upper hand in that series. All right, uh, back to you, uh, uh, Lawman. Your turn. Capitals, Hurricanes. Caps looking to make it back to back cups. Hurricanes and a decade long drought back in the postseason. Yeah, the, the Capitals looked really good to me down the stretch. I think that when they, they've really kind of found their game, I expect them to win that series, and I don't think it'll be a long one. I think that might be one that, that happens pretty fast, four or five. And last but not least, Penguins, so the Islanders, who were dead last in the league in defense last year, they yeah. go from dead last to number one with Barry Trotz taking over. They take on the Penguin chain. I think it's going to be a tough one. I really do. I, I you know Barry Trotz uh, played for him. I know... The kind of style he likes, he is a tremendous coach. He has, he's one of those coaches that has the ability to get through to, to every player. Uh, and everybody is a different way, but he, he knows how to manage and work that, much like Gerard Gallant. So I think uh, this is a team that's playing well, very confident. They're going to be at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, it'll be interesting, but uh, it's tough to bet against the Crosbys and the Malkins and you know those guys that have been there that know how to how to elevate it? This I think this could be. Uh, this will be. I think this one might go to seven. But uh, I, I see. I, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. It's hard to bet against them. I, and it is hard to bet against them. And so I wonder that series, Shane. Which others are most likely to go a full seven games in the opening round? Islanders, Penguins. Which other ones do you think are going to go the distance? Uh, I think you could see the the central teams. I'd say St. Louis, Winnipeg, or Dallas, Nashville. Wouldn't mm. shock me if I could be honest with you. Wouldn't shock me if Vegas San Jose won seven games. I mean, well, Vegas plays their game. I think six, five, six, five, six. Yeah. If, if they're yeah. playing the way they were playing right after the trade yeah. deadline, it if it goes six, it's almost a surprise. But yeah. there's no guarantee that they can maintain that play over the course of five, six games in a row in the way that they did right after the deadline. I know you can't be picky. How cool would it be to see the Golden Knights clinch a playoff series at home? Right. Well, it hasn't happened, right? No. Yeah. And they haven't played that's a game a good seven point. yet. Phenomenal. So that's why you're saying six. I say six. <laughs> Just for my own reasons. And that's like why I ain't doing five. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Name Day podcast coming to you from the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Golden Knights. Also brought to you by the Foley Food and Wine Society. All right, guys. Regular season over. Let's do... Let's have a look here at postseason awards. Lawman, I'm going to go to you first. Jack Adams, who's your coach of the year and why? My candidates will be Cooper, Barube, and Trotz, and Cooper, number one with a bullet. He, he won. Yeah. Uh, it's a record season. It's, he chased history. They were fantastic. He kept them going all all year long. They won 60 games. Absolutely, John Cooper's a coach of the year. Sheriff? Yeah. Same thing. Uh, I think I had the exact same three and, and John Cooper. Just for his ability, we saw how many teams we, we talked about it on the stretch. How, to, how do you manufacture urgency on your team or desperation? 
They had no problem doing it. This is a team that had locked it all up a long time ago, yet they, they continue to roll to get those 62 wins. And I'll tell you, John Cooper, whether it was you know his championships at the junior hockey level in the American Hockey League, he knows his players. He doesn't paint with broad strokes. He knows how to push the buttons of a different guy. Not everybody acts the same way. He comes into that team a few years ago replacing Guy Boucher. Stamkos was there. You had leadership already established. Who's this guy? He never played in the NHL. He played college lacrosse. And he earned their respect. And look at what they've done. So I think Cooper, for sure, uh, to keep them motivated and also bringing in some younger players and fitting them, uh, that's, a, that's a big part of it. Uh, I think Bill Peters in Calgary is going to yeah. get a vote from me. And then Craig Brube in St. Louis, as you guys mentioned. Uh, yes, Jordan Biddington is a big reason for why that turnaround occurs. But to me, so many other things have to be put in place and the culture and the mindset adjusted. And I think that that falls on the, the coach's credit. I went with Craig Berube. I think Cooper's going to win it. I'll say that first. But I think Berube, I, I, so, you know, we vote as broadcasters. We get a vote. Right. I went That's for, the one award we actually the one get thing to we have get to a vote voice on. in. Yeah. I went Berube, Cooper, and Rick Tockett. Because I think Rick the, the chances Arizona was even in the mix. And I know they missed the playoffs. But Berube took a team that was dead last in the league at the new year. Dead last. Right. Pennington gets called up. And, you know, they didn't take off right away with Berube. They were a 500 team for about 30 games, but then eventually, obviously, stormed their way into the playoffs. All that being said, to win 62 games the way John Cooper's team did is is, is pretty impressive. Uh, Norris Trophy. Shane, we'll start with you this time. Who's the best defenseman this year? This isn't even a question in my mind. Mark Giordano. Yeah. Led the league in plus-minus, 74 points. Uh, if you want to name another award, for points, most points by a D-man, the Bobby Orr Award, do that because I'm tired of seeing it year after year just go to the most offensive. It's a name. It is. Right. To me, the Norris is the best defenseman. And, and you got to watch games. You can't just like, show up and Shea look at Shea Weber should have had one. There's a lot of guys that should have that have been not because they've went to guys with the most points. So yeah. Brent Burns, amazing year. Career high points for him, but no, Mark Shordano, it isn't even close in my mind. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said, Sheriff. Uh, I really hate saying this, but I actually agree with everything Sheriff <laughs> That pains had, me to say that it. Had it, it to does. Hurt. This award pains me every I'm year you, when I'm I see you. they give it. Why not create a Bobby Orr? They should. I like right. that idea. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. You know, I think Eric Carlson won it a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, P.K. Like, Subban. Like, I mean, come on. If we yeah. watched him play D, seriously. Yeah. So, we're, so uh, we're in all in agreement. Mark Giordano wins the Norris, and we need a new award, the Bobby Orr. <laughs> yes, which, please. Uh, I, think I like the Bobby Orr award. Yeah, I like that, too. Uh, Hart Trophy. Dan, we'll go to you just because uh, why not? Who's the MVP of the league uh, this year? Uh, you know, to me, you know, you look at everything that the Lightning have accomplished. Nikita Kucherov is there in so many ways. You know, I know that, you know, all around he's not – necessarily the best player in the league but when you are the guy yeah. on a record-setting team I'd, I'd have to say Kucherov 100% like I, and I don't know why you would like there's nothing to take away from away from his game he's the yeah. best player on the best team in the National Hockey yeah. League by a lot yeah I mean, I mean you know I, and I remember seeing him when he started and I know his competitive nature um, and I think that that is what has elevated him to this point. You know, when you could put up numbers on such a deep offensive team. Now, again, you know, I say like they give up more than than some teams for sure. And and he knows what his strengths are, and those strengths are putting the puck in the net and setting up his teammates. That is a scary lineup. But you're right. I mean, he is the face of it. And even though Stamkos is a terrific offensive player, I think the second most interesting offensive player on that team is Braden Point. 
Yeah. They're yeah. a good team. They're deep. Yeah. And, you know, I like to look at uh, the hard trophies, a player that made the biggest impact from the team. And that, like you said, you just listed that team has so many impactful players, but you just can't ignore 128 points. Highest scoring rushing in the history of the game for one season. More points than Sergei Fedorov. More points than Alexander Mogilny. Broke Mogilny's record. More points than Pavel Bury had on the season. Nikita Kucherov this year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Selkie Award. Share, uh, lawman. Who's the best defensive forward? This is a tougher one. And, uh, is gonna, it time I'm, for someone not a center to win it? Yeah, and, and Mark Stone is a winger, and I'm going to I'm gonna vote for Mark Stone. I think uh, he he does a ton of things well. Leads the, way, leads the league in takeaways. I think that's a, a big factor. He didn't kill penalties here. He killed a, a little bit he did. He was the number one penalty killer in Ottawa and did a great job. And in Ottawa, when he was on the ice... Uh, Ottawa was actually, you know, they were offensively dangerous, and they didn't. The puck wasn't his in his zone very often, and when he was off the ice, they were last in the league in almost every other every category. So uh, I like Mark Stone for this award. Selkie, Shane. I, I like Stone too, but I I look at two centermen. Uh, I'm between Braden Point and uh, the one guy I think that deserves it maybe this year is uh, because he he always gets overlooked is Sidney Crosby. Uh, you know what? His six hundred point season. Uh, Crosby's and to me it just speaks of why he to me maybe still be the number one. I think McDavid the most dynamic and best offensive player in the world, but Crosby's still the best player in the world because of what he does all over the ice, and I think it's, I think he deserves a Selkie this season. Let me ask you this question. Because Patrice Bergeron has won it four out of the last, se- the last seven times, does that take votes away from him? No, he still could win it. There's, yeah, he, he's like, he's that good. He's just that yeah. good every year. He's a guy that his game doesn't change. Yeah, I mean, last year was Kopitar who yeah. won it. He ain't winning it this year. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I, I mean, I think you're right to to mention Crosby there, and you mentioned Braden Point. We talked about him a, a few moments ago. I, it's interesting. I think that's one of the hardest ones to pick. It is because, as I said earlier, when it comes to, you know, the the, the Norris, if you're looking at numbers, you know, you're not necessarily getting a true and complete sense of what a player does all around, not just putting up points. You know, and I, maybe I'm biased. I, I still think Patrice Bergeron is is if he's not the best all around. You know, and you make a point about Crosby, Shane, but I mean, Bergeron is so, you know, this year, he, you know, his line mate Brad Marchand finishes with 100 points for the first time this year. Yeah. He would be the first one to tell you. A main reason is that him and Bergeron have been attached to the hip here for, what, seven or eight years, whatever it is. I mean, Bergeron finished with 32 goals and 79 points. He also missed 17 games. So to me, I, I like the Stone, um, I like the Stone uh, effect and factor, but to me, it's, it's, um, it's Bergeron. Especially given how good that team is. I mean, as great yeah. as Stone might be, most of his season was on a last place team. Yeah, if there's a if there's a team in the East, I think that can give Tampa Bay a run, it's Boston. I'm with you. It's Boston. If someone's going to beat them, it's going to be the Bruins. Vesna, uh, back to Dan. Who's the best goalie this year? You know, if there was a little stretch there where you, you know, you thought Mark Andre Fleury yeah, he was, was in it. He was in it until those nine games. You know, and and to think about this, prior to last season, Mark Andre Fleury got exactly two votes, both third place votes in his entire career for the Vezina. Now think about that. He's you know top ten and wins, and all the shutouts, all the achievements he's had. He got exactly two third place votes in his career prior to last season, and he finishes fifth. So he's never even been a finalist. 
uh, you know, Andre Vasilevsky yeah. again because of the success of that team. He's been fantastic, beneficiary of a terrific team in front of him. You know, I like. We mentioned the save percentage in Dallas, but you know Ben Bishop. I'm not sure that he's going to have enough to overtake Vasilevsky. He's played enough games. No, yeah, 43 and, games exactly. And that's the same thing with same thing with Mark Andre Fleury. You know, towards the end, they're not playing the rest of the games, despite for most of the season having eight shutouts and led the league in appearances, and all of that's kind of out the window here down the stretch. So you have the Jennings for the team that with the platoon, right? That that has the best numbers has a team. The Vezina is for the individual, the one goalie. So you got to play 50 to 55. games. Games. You almost have to play two of every three starts to qualify for that. And the numbers, once you get to guys that are above 50, Vasilevsky shoots ahead of them dramatically in terms of quality starts, uh, expected goal, expected saves. He's just uh, number one in so many of those of those statistics. It's frankly not even close. It is Andre Vasilevsky, and if you pick someone else as your first vote, you shouldn't have a vote. Yeah, and I think it's it's not just because when we vote for, in our case, the Jack Adams Award, you get three votes. So it's some you get, guys. You get, you, you get three for this too. The yeah, G, yeah, yeah, yeah. The GMs vote for this, and you get three, but it better be Vasilevsky on right. all the ballots. And it's to me, it's almost more interesting. You know, okay, Vasilevsky's one. Who ends up two? Who ends up three? I, I'm curious, and I'm not sure that he will. But does Flurry end up as? the top three, which would make him a finalist. He's never done that before. I think he would have, but those nine games... Let me ask you this. Who led the league in shutouts? It was Bobrovsky, so was it not with Bobrovsky nine? was first in shutouts and second in wins. Yeah. But I still think Vasilevsky. I mean, he's the... You know, he's on the best team, and you can make an argument he's a beneficiary of that, but... Are you in agreement, Sheriff, with uh, the Vasilevsky fellow? I am. I'm just saying, are we, are we going to do the caller, or are you not doing that? Uh, yeah, well, so that's... The caller to it's, me it's, is... It's not on my no. list, but I'm going to throw it in there. Calder Trophy, Shane, you're up. It is Jordan Binnington. Impactful player. Uh, you don't make playoffs, you don't get my vote. Uh, I know Elias Pedersen had a great Vancouver, year. Yeah. He had a great season, uh, but he didn't help the team enough. Jordan Binnington turned this team around. He deserves to be the rookie of the year. I, I would be in a great... If, if he doesn't come in and play the way he did, and it's reminiscent... And he wasn't a rookie, but the Devin Dubnik run in Minnesota with Minnesota four years ago. If Bennington doesn't come up and play the way he did, the Blues are finished. And you can talk about the coaching change. You can talk about their leadership and some of their core players. They had an issue with Allen and Chad Johnson. Jake Allen and Chad Johnson as a goaltending tandem. They needed stability in that position. So, to me, he wins it as great a season as Pedersen had. Rasmus Dahlin had a real good rookie year with Buffalo, but... No, they Brady Kachuk. There's Brady a lot Kachuk. of great rookies, but but yeah, and this is one of those awards along the same lines as if you're a first round pick. There's a certain hype around you that follows you. There was no hype around Jordan Bennington. You probably would not have mentioned his name in the conversation beginning of the season, right? He'd be in the American League. Yeah. He got a couple of relief appearances uh, in the fall. They sent him back to the American League. Bennington was not happy about it. Wins the American League Player of the Year. Comes back up, and at one point has a nine game winning streak. Uh, it's hard to argue with everything you said, Shane. As talented as some of those players, like you mentioned, Pedersen in Vancouver, that's the other guy that comes to mind. But, you know, it was an exciting start for him, but, you know, was really not someone that was catching your eye down the stretch. Lawman, who's your rookie of the year? I'm going to go for Bennington. He just mm-hmm. kind of flipped that team right mm-hmm. over. And I, I, the guy in Vancouver, Peterson, fantastic season, you know, and you know, there's lots to love about that. But, uh, come on. No Bennington. Uh, where are the Blues? They're you know they're done. We just picked the Blues. I just picked the Blues to beat the Jets in the first round. 
So I, uh, to me, I gotta go. I gotta put my money where my mouth is, and it's uh, I'm going with Bennington. All right, we'll grab a couple of mailbag questions here on the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave podcast. Dan, what do the people want to know about? Let's uh, first go to and continuing uh, the goaltending discussion here. Uh, beefy Beagle, hi Beefy, thanks for for tweeting at us. Uh, beefy Beagle asks, and it's a real real name apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, why, make, why are you looking at me, Shane? You can't make why are you looking at me? Gary's got this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doctor. Last year, Mark Andre Fleury was able to play all the games, all twenty of them, in the playoffs because a he was playing really well, and b. None of the series went to seven games. What are the chances that Subban gets a game this time around? Does it take two goalies in today's NHL to win it all? Well, you're sorry, but you're not going to roll Subi out for game seven, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to stick no. with the... Uh, listen, this team is Mark andre Fleury's team. They go as he goes. It is flower or bust. And to look at some other teams, like, for instance, the Capitals last year, Phil Grubauer starts the first couple of games that lasted a game and a half, right? Then Holtby yeah. comes along, saves the day. You know, the Pittsburgh teams, you know, it, it was only Flurry playing the first couple of rounds because Matt Murray was unavailable. Right. And then Flurry faltered slightly, and then it was Murray's reins to take back. What, what did we say when Flurry got hurt? We said this is, could be a blessing in disguise. Right. And it gave him nine games off, took him from being a guy that was going to be overused to a guy who played a, a good number of games, he's rested, He's he looks to me to be in form, it's all good. And I'll throw this last thought in. There are no back-to-back games in the playoffs. That right. does not happen. There's at least one game between, or one day between each game, and if you were to get to the Stanley Cup Final, there are two days between Travels. cities, right, yeah. when you yeah. travel. And then there are usually multiple days between series. And as our tweeter mentions, uh, you know, the Knights did not have to go seven games last year. Unless something very bad happens. Yeah. You will not see Malcolm Subban no. in the playoffs. Uh, let's go to uh, our next question from uh, Christopher at Volt Chris, who asked, what is your biggest concern going into game one of the Knights-Sharks playoff series? They're prepared. I think their start's going to be a big part of it. I think the start's important, especially on the road. It's been one thing, if you look back this year, the change from year one is coming out of the gate ready to go. And I don't know if it's a concern. I expect them. They should be amped up, ready to go. But that, that to me, is going to be very important, how they start this game. Their starts have been, like Shane said, eh, and for lack of a better word, Compared I don't know if that's a word, year, yeah. eh, yeah. this year. The other concern for me is, because especially in a short series or a playoff series, if your power play is not doing it, mm-hmm. a lot of games are decided on special teams, and yeah. their power play is they've just scored been very seven, very inconsistent. Seven power play goals since the trade deadline, and three of those seven wow. were in one game. Especially yeah. in a series that's going to be emotionally charged, and you may want to. The best way to calm a team down is to make them pay every time they go to the box. Vegas's power play for the season against San Jose was four for seventeen. So that was, that's, you know, they, they operated at... Uh, it's 25%. At 24, 24% right, mm-hmm. right around. So that's their very best uh, uh, against any team in the NHL, I believe, this year. So that is a good sign. But, the, like, you can't control injuries. You can't control puck luck. To me, the offensive blue line for Vegas is, it's like, it's, it's my barometer every game. When they get there, if 
if San Jose is, you know, if they decide to hug the line and they don't throw the puck over them, if they go east-west, I think that's disastrous. If San Jose wants to give them the blue line a little bit and let them bring it in, great, have a controlled entry. But if not, throw it behind them and, and go for a check. I think that's what Vegas is its best. Head-to-head this year, the Golden Knights scored more games against San Jose more than games. any opponent. Uh, I'm sorry. More goals? Head-to-head this year, they scored more goals against San Jose than any team. Yeah. 18 in the four games. You sound like some guys who are doing their broadcast notes. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> How do you like that 4 we, for 17 stat? That. Oh, look at that there. From the lawman. Good. I had lawman on the board for 10. Ready? Uh, okay. Six, 16 times in Golden Knights history has the team scored six goals or more, including the playoffs. Three of those times are against the Sharks. Well, look at that. You, you just go on the radio, right? Turn in right now, 98.9 FM. There you go. And one okay. of them, of course, was... Or 1340 AM. Or 1340. April 26th, when they scored seven in the 7 nothing shutout. Yeah. Four goals in the first period. Okay. Want another question, Dave? One more. We'll one more. One go. more in there. Okay, and this is, this is a fun way to wrap it up. This comes from Alex Myers on Twitter. What has you most pumped about the playoffs? Well, just it's the intensity of it every night, right? It, it's well, the atmosphere, you know, and, and and both these buildings. I mean, San Jose's an older building, right? It's kind of, but you know, they were able to ramp it up pretty good in the playoffs last year. But I'm, that being said, I'm looking forward to Game Three in Vegas and just what they took. What last year was an unbelievable experience in the regular year every night, and they took it up even another twenty notches. So to me, it's the passion, the intensity of it every single night. You know, everything is magnified. Playoffs, I think, is exciting. Um, overtime in the playoffs, it, it's even more so. I, overtime to me is exciting and agonizing all at the same time. You know, because I think every time the other team, a team gets in the offensive zone, the game, it's a chance it might be over with. So, but to me, it's the excitement and passion of it every single night. Well, I, everything Dave just said, this is, you know, this is you're playing for the ultimate prize. Uh, that's what playoffs are. This is the start of it. Starts with game one. We've heard every player's reaction. Nate Schmidt said it's like Christmas morning for hockey players, and that's exactly it. This is that the fans, the atmosphere, the you know how much every play means to to everyone, to to the fan, to the player, to the coach, to the organization, to management, to. Uh, you play-by-play guys that uh, call it on. I like listening to you guys. You know, sometimes you get a high voice. It's it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Between his own legs. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> Gary, how about you? Well, you know, I just, I had the the pleasure of going back and looking at last year's playoffs for a project that we did on uh, on, VG, on VegasGoldenNights.com and it was... Uh, uh, going back and looking at all the moments from last year's playoffs, and that to me is, there are moments. There are that the the, the eighty two games sort of starts to, they all kind of start to blend together. And there's going to be a moment in game one that we're going to remember forever, and maybe two. There's going to be a moment in game two that we'll never forget, and and on and on. And and some of them will be happy, some of them will be daggers, and it's. Uh, it's just to me that that like everything you guys just said, everything is heightened. The senses are heightened, and it uh, you know it's just like some like I, you guys will be the exact same. You, sometimes Dan and I will look at each other in the middle of a playoff game, and it is like, 
Wow. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, the two moments that stand out from last year's postseason were not goals, but saves. Mark Andre Fleury against Mark Shifley, first to his right, then to his left yeah. in the Western Conference final. And then in the Stanley Cup final, Braden Holtby saves Alex Tuck at very close range. Those are the two single most impactful moments they they changed this the complexion of the series so what are those moments going to be and gary you talk about that wonderful augmented oral history that you put together it was fantastic i was talking to jonathan marcia so about it today uh it just march you read it well he asked for the link to oh read he did okay oh, yes, yes so and i mentioned that one of uh one of our stories is included where yeah. i interviewed him before game five and, and and he wanted to read it not only for recollecting that moment but also hey need some motivation yeah you know and and the motivation for the team most of whom were in place for last year's club lost in the final and you know it's an 82 game marathon to get back to the playoffs they're in so now is really the chance for redemption and for the sharks having been knocked out by the golden knights in round two last year it's an opportunity in the first round to get redemption against vegas so it's it's the the battles of good and evil you know the thrill of victory the agony of defeat those age-old tenets of storytelling those are the battles that uh the back and forth that i I love to see and if you haven't had a chance go read it gary's work is fantastic on vegasgoldenice.com it's it's an unbelievable recap of the run for that team well done gary right from the sheriff i know how you guys work you guys are quoted in it you just want people to see your names and that's why it's good it has nothing to do with me (laughs) you guys are actually quite good so thank you for your time it turned out fantastic and time now for our guest of the day on the Sheriff Lawless Some Guy Named Day podcast, hashtag SLGND, and it's brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company, a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. If you want to escape the bright lights, check it out at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. Playoff time, big podcast. Why wouldn't we have a big guest, Derek Stevens, who runs the show here at the D Hotel? What's shaking here, Derek? I mean, you know, just uh, early April, best time of the year if you're a hockey fan. Best time of the year, uh, springtime in Las Vegas, temperatures hitting 80. That means it's hockey playoff time. We love it. <laughs> All right, before we get to hockey, you had a tweet out this morning with the concerning circle Las Vegas. What's going on here? I, there's a big hole in the ground. What's going to what's gonna happen over there? That's right. It's uh, It was 90 days ago that we announced circle Las Vegas, and uh, and tonight's a big milestone. It's uh, I guess the, the construction fellas call it the big pour. So, uh, <laughs> so we've got 12 hours of pouring concrete for the major footing of the uh, of the whole property. So uh, I think it, I don't know, t- over 2,000 yards of concrete coming in. It takes them 12 hours to pour it, and uh, it's a, it's a good milestone. So we're moving forward with Circa. I love you. Are you going to be part of that? I'd love to see you come over there and work some of the. Work some of the concrete. I, I'm going to be there. In the suit. In I'm going to be suit. there tomorrow morning. Uh, you had my suit and shoes. We've got some media <laughs> coming out to uh, to uh, take some video for all the morning shows while they're still pouring. So I'll be out there. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't. I won't do much uh, much help, but uh, I'll be able to do an interview or two. Oh, that's good. And it's busy time of year for you because I, I know you've got a big game tonight before you get to the NHL playoffs. March Madness is ending. How, how was it this year for you? You know, March Madness this year, there's a lot of, lot of people that are concerned with uh, what was taking place around the country with, uh, you know, the legalization of sports betting in these other states. But I'll tell you what, March Madness was, it, it's, uh, it's now the biggest, uh, the first week's now the biggest weekend of, uh, of uh, the year in Las Vegas. And uh, the numbers were up double digits. So uh, volume was good. People love coming to Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, it was a great overall, great overall event. What was the scene here so that 
the, the end of the Virginia Auburn game, right? The, the first of the semifinal games the other day. Were you here for that? Like, was it were people just losing their minds? Like Auburn comes back from a big deficit, then the whole three three, uh, three free throws at the end of it. Yeah, in the recent games, I mean, uh, I mean, a couple of Duke games and the yeah, way that Duke, ended, yeah. and then this Auburn Auburn uh, Virginia game, uh, pure chaos, pure bedlam. <laughs> uh, so much so that uh, we had all our eyes and ears on and watching everybody. But I mean, clearly the cheers were going crazy. We, we were just worried for safety. I mean, people were falling over in their chairs. It was just, uh, it was just nuts. So, what do you think here? Golden Knights, year two, back-to-back trips to the playoffs. Uh, San Jose in the first round, as you kind of sit and look at it, how do you size it up? Yeah, you know, I kind of thought the, the last few weeks of the season were, were uh, a little different maybe than what I was accustomed to. And as much as, you know, the uh, in the West, things kind of seemed a little bit slotted, you know, a few weeks ago. Everybody kind of knew where, where it was going to kind of play out. Um so it, it changes the dynamic of the last couple of weeks of the regular season, and uh, and, and clearly Coach Gallant was um, was being very strategic in who's playing, why they're playing, trying to go in with uh, everyone healthy. And, and I was happy to hear that he said uh, everyone's healthy. So so uh, um, whether that's true or not, uh, that's for you guys to really know. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it was a good comment, yeah. and uh, you know I, I think I think everybody's pretty excited to um, you know play San Jose um, the first team we've played uh, you know twice in the playoffs here and it, I, I think it's uh, it's great I think it adds to the rivalry I gotta ask you you've been a hockey fan for a long time and uh, involved in all the odds uh, are you a fan of the playoff playoff format as it is does it make it how does it make it when it comes to for a lot of people here in Vegas well let me answer that with a question and then a comment I uh, are you talking about the way the way it lines up with brackets? Yeah, the bracket instead of having like one to sixteen or one versus eight, where it's kind of in divisions, because it, it seems there's more parity now. Closer, you have, a, you know, you have Boston and Toronto playing in the first round. There seems to be a lot of, you know, teams that are in that third slot that are being the favorites. Vegas, one example. Yeah, I mean, I mean to think that to think that you know. St. Louis was had the worst record on January 10th, and then you know just yeah, exactly. on, on fire. The way it kind of plays out, you know, I, I think uh, oftentimes the the third team in the division is the one that gets a little bit hotter towards the end. And yeah, they're going in uh, a little bit as favorites. So it's 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 an interesting matchup, uh, interesting way of doing it. Um, clearly, you know, if you're a team like uh, Montreal with, with a record like they had, and, and you know, you're, you, you, you're probably not a fan of the way things slide <laughs> up, I would guess. Um, at, let me ask you this. You mentioned to us one of our recent visits here about an interesting betting line with the Golden Knights. Maybe it was their home games after the first period. Do I remember that right? Could you kind of expound on that a little bit? Yeah, the one thing that's really... Uh, really changed in uh and this isn't just las vegas but this is in hockey hockey uh in general um the amount of uh interest in wagering on the first period it's stunning i i, I don't have the exact number but uh it's got to be you know three four years ago this really wasn't something that that people would wager on but the demand has been so high people love wagering on the first period and and they love wagering on the on will there be more than one one and a half goals or, or will be less than one and a half goals and then taken aside and that's why the the first period it's it i, I kind of find it interesting that that everybody wants to watch the whole first period and the, they want to know uh, how they did before they go off and hit the restroom <laughs> <That's> <laughs> 
So are you all ready for for the playoffs, the watch parties, everything that's uh, that comes with uh, you know after? Do you think it's going to be bigger with the way it went last year? Does it maybe start hotter this season? I, I, I actually think it will. Um, you know, we're we're fired up about being the official yeah. watch party for uh, for the Golden Knights, starting right with uh, Game One here Wednesday night, and uh, great to have all the uh, everybody down yeah. from the drum bots to Chance to to uh, some of the the cheerleaders and such. The uh, I I think it's gonna it's gonna jump right into right into playoff fever right with game one I think it's uh, I think everybody's fired up about it um, you know obviously season one was one thing season two had a little bit of a different yeah. feel to it um, but uh, I think I think Las Vegas is ready for playoff hockey yeah I think last year they they knew playoffs was different but they had an experience now that they have I think it's the energy is even gonna, which I didn't ever, we never think it can continue to grow the atmosphere around this team. But I think this year's playoffs, because they know what it is about, what to expect, the energy, the intensity, how much every play, every shift, every game means so much more. It, uh, it we're gonna see another level here out of Vegas. Sure, absolutely. The like a year ago. No one was really um, calling or texting, asking, hey, what do you think the schedule is going to be like and, and things yeah. like that for the playoffs. My God, Saturday, <laughs> I mean, my phone was just going crazy. People, hey, would, I, hey, do you know, are they going to play on Wednesday? Are they going to play on Thursday? And then Sunday, you know, when that when the announcement came out of the schedule, boom you know ever I could feel I could feel it through my phone that there's that there's uh, uh, so much interest and so much excitement about people are planning out their planning out their nights now. Right. You know they don't do that on you know if you're recording a television show. Yeah, yeah you record it, you watch it when you want. <laughs> but this, but but the thing about playoff hockey, people change what they're going to do. It impacts their impacts their life, and 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 it's uh it's it, it's great to see it. All right, so game one Wednesday at the uh, at the downtown Vegas Event Center. I'm going to read from the email that the Golden Knights sent out, like the press release. Shane and I have an issue with this. It's going to be a seventy-two foot screen. Like we don't, I don't need we to, don't need on to see us on a set. Like you know what I mean? I, and I mentioned this to you before. If you could just kind of, when we're doing our thing, maybe I don't know, put on some like a, not enough some music up in something. the world to make us look <laughs> you know what I mean? screen seventy-two feet. This is incredible. Uh, but it says here on-site food trucks, beverages. Uh, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, you can reserve tables for four to twelve people. Are you going to be at these uh, events? Or let me ask you this: Are you going to go to San Jose? Are you going to road trip it at all? No, I'm not. I'm not going to be. A, I'm not going to be road tripping. But uh, we'll be at all these uh, watch parties here, and then when we come back, I'll be over at T-Mobile. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's such a great atmosphere. It is. It's for for me running this event center. You know, we do a hundred events a year yeah. at the downtown yeah. Las Vegas Event Center. These events are kind of unique because everybody's rooting for the same side. I mean, it's it's got a, it's got an outdoor atmosphere that that as close to you know as you could feel being inside a T-Mobile. So it's a lot of fun. Seventy-two foot screen chain with surround sound yeah. or stadium sound. This is pressure we yeah. don't need. Oh, I know. And before no, Derek goes, no. I got one last question. So you're watching at T-Mobile. Are you going to be? And your seat behind the goalie, like usually you give it up. Will you keep it the whole time for playoffs? Because you can get animated. I'll be between the benches and sometimes uh, get distracted. You're you're into it on the glass. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be down on the glass, but uh, 
you know, I, I do own a casino, and, and sometimes that means people think I'm not superstitious. So oh. where I'm at for the second period is really dependent upon how the first period rolls. <laughs> so I, I, I can't make a commitment, but I'm pretty damn superstitious. I don't call it superstitious. I call it routine. There we go. There Very we routine. go. Awesome. Hey, Derek, thanks for the time. Very much. We'll see you at T-Mobile. Thanks. Can't wait for this playoff season. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Derek. And we always thank Derek Stevens for his time. The table for four corner booth here at the Omde Ambo restaurant, the Great Steakhouse at the G Hotel. All right, boys. So here this we go. This is it, right? Get yourself get it on. Get Game yourself one. Ready. Let's get it on. On the TV and AT&T Sportsnet, Shane and I will be stumbling through a few sentences. You guys do the same. 98.9 FM, 1340 AM if, you, if you're so inclined. Right. And uh, around the world, uh, if you got the NHL app, you get the little right. headphone logo, and, and you can listen right there. A Facebook Live, all four of us will take part in that. One hour uh, uh, prior to game time, I believe, we're going to kick that off. Uh, so if the game starts at 7.30, we'll hit the air at 6.30, and uh, uh, Dan will be our guest some nights. We'll all... Uh, we're all going to be involved in that. That'll be super cool. We'll have it uh, covered for you from uh, start to finish. Can't, get your get, costumes ready. Yeah, get your get your playoff costumes ready. Shane will have something, I'm sure, very special for the whole season. But uh, can't come here quick enough. Stanley Cup playoffs, game one in San Jose coming up on Wednesday night. And thanks for tuning in for the latest edition of the Sheriff Wallace and Some Guy Named Day podcast.